G'day everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we've got Shelley Gottlieb. Now Brock, welcome Shelley. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here. How you been? Really good actually. Sweet, it's um, first time in a few years back down the Southern Lakes now. It is, a um, little week mission, and uh, yeah, it's so nice to be back. And uh, do I see you with a couple of grommets trying snowboarding for the first time the other day? Yes. Call me crazy, but I took two kids up by myself, um, or help from a friend, but no, no Matt with me, and um, yeah, I expected the worst, and actually we had an, an epic day. Oh, sweet. Kadrona's pretty set up for, for, for kids, and it made it really easy and awesome. Yeah, not a bad wee infrastructure for the family mm. situation there. We started out with skis in the morning, well, my four and a half year old started with skis in the morning, and um, then we we borrowed a little mini board off off Jay, Jay's grommies, and um, yeah, she she shunned the skis off and got right on the snowboard, <laughs> went up the tunnel, she was super into it, and, right. and Riley just fell asleep in the backpack, and I just parked him on the side of the run, it was, couldn't have been better. Yeah, I think when you sent that picture of Riley asleep, I was like, I wish that could have been me at work today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was a little bit jealous, because it was like, hard, hard, hard yakka, man. So did you get out for some runs yourself? No, Boy. no, hopefully tomorrow. Oh, we'll kick this one off. Um, Shelley, where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding? Oh, where am I from? Ohakuni, originally, born and bred. Well, like actual local Ohakuni. Actual local, born in the hospital in Rarahi. Um Yeah, grew up there. Um, Ruapehu Turo was my, my mountain. So is Ohakuni kind of like Wanaka here where there's not actually very many true blue locals Locals. that can actually claim that shit? Yeah, Leroy maybe, um, born and bred, maybe me and Leroy. infamous Andy Bates. And Andy Bates, yes. Andy Bates. Hi Andy, if you you ever listen, (laughs) we'll throw you under the bus another time. (laughs) There's probably plenty of buses to throw them under. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, primary school buddy. Ah, sweet. And so how did snowboarding get into the picture? Yeah, I skied um, as a kid. I think I started at four. My mum took me up and uh, took me to the Alpine Meadow, um, left me on the pommer. She figured out I could do it pretty easy and thought um, she'd go do runs on the giant and told me not to leave and just I stayed lapping and and that was my first experience with skiing. (laughs) Good parenting. Um, But, yeah, so we we did school skiing and um, had that part of our life. Then I went to boarding school and actually ended up not doing too much because I moved away. Oh yeah. And um, I didn't actually get into snowboarding until my late teens, and um, that was because the mountain erupted, oh, and yeah, that's uh, right. we had a bunch yeah. of awful seasons, and the town nearly went under, and they dropped the seasons pass prices down to ninety nine dollars, and because of that, got your foot in the door. Yeah. Christ, I remember that. Yeah. I could afford it. I'm pretty sure I heard Abby and Juice say something about that too. Yeah. Yes, they gave their foot in the door and shit look. It's interesting because, um, look, me, Jew, Abby, all because yeah. of that one thing. Yeah, well, let's not leave you out of it as well. Well, like, well yeah. Know, like, that's pretty cool, like 99 bucks and then, you know, 99 bucks to Sushi. <laughs> There's kind of a story in there somewhere. Yeah. And we intend on digging it up and here at the Side Hit Podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Clean slate <laughs> here. I'm an angel. <laughs> speaking of which, um, speaking of, sorry, affordable passes, the Side Hit Podcast 
courtesy of Charlie G, has its first giveaway. Can you enlighten us a bit more on this? Yeah, um, I was thinking about how what Ju and, and, and Abby said about how the prices dropped down, and for them, that's a big part for me, and of why I got into the industry, and really, like, that was a huge segue in my life. If that hadn't happened, I don't know what I would have done, and mm. um, somewhere else, probably, um, so I was chatting to the team at Ruapehu and I, I mentioned that and they were so stoked to hear that. They always want to help grassroots people come right. up yeah. and they could see the potential of, you know, you know, it's an expen- expensive hobby and, yeah, there might be a kid or anyone that, that just needs that little segue in and so they wanted to give away a couple of seasons passes for next year so. to someone who... Um, or you can nominate someone, or you can write in, or you could do a little video blog about yourself and just say why you might deserve a midweek season's pass for next year, 2022. Um, send it to the team at marketing at mountruapehu.com. So marketing at mount, M-T-R-U-A-P-E-H-U.com. <laughs> uh, and um, they'll, they'll announce it around, I guess maybe a couple of weeks after this drops and um and someone some lucky couple's gonna get up get get up the mountain and for um for a little bit less yeah for a bit less and maybe you know can't travel overseas this year and hey do a season at Urupehu and rad I mean how cool was it back when you had them I just remember like even though I was down here like dudes I grew up skating with in Dunedin that could get passes to come up Cardis and the coronet and remarks. It's like rad, like they wouldn't have otherwise and you know. Yeah. And, and even like it didn't jump up the next year to eight hundred bucks, you know, the next year was like hundred and fifty or Yeah, and then the next year was like two hundred and I kinda incrementally went up and so you you know, you were hooked mm. and you're <laughs> they had you and they were reeling you in and mm. um but suddenly you went penniless the next year. Yeah, and mm. you could do it again. It was feasible. It was, it was cool. I mean, season passes aren't terribly expensive in the scheme of things in New Zealand compared to, like, when I went overseas, it was, like, a 1000 US dollars for a season's pass in Telluride, Colorado. Mm. And um, I couldn't afford that. Yeah. I used to volunteer to um, get those passes. So Yeah. So what was your first day in a snowboard like? Ah, Yes. Uh, my sister Rachel, she was in full snowboarding at the time, so she was this my idol. Um, she got me a board and binding. She took me up, and no prep really. She didn't tell me how to do it. I don't even think I could. Uh, no, I don't even think I could skate at the time. And she just um, strapped me in and pointed me a little down the mountain and said, "Okay, now go." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, but how do you do it?" She's like, "You just go." And so I went and, like, did a mad wheelie into rocks. <laughs> and she's like, not like that. <laughs> like, stood me up. I remember, like, you know, it's like doing tricep dips. Yeah. The day after that first day riding, doing tricep dips all day because I worked at the keg. And, like, I couldn't carry plates. My muscles were so sore. <laughs> but um, despite all of that, careening into rocks, not being able to use my arms... I was I was hooked. Sweet. So was there a moment where you were like, fuck yeah, this is my shit? Yeah. Um, when, 
when I worked out I could get, you know, Mountain Rapay is kind of gnarly mountain. Mm. Like, you know, it's it's got its icy patches and its gullies and its rocks in the middle of runs. Once I worked out that I could get around Falling Leaf anywhere, yeah, it wasn't so intimidating. So I could get to the awesome patch of snow and then if there was a scary bit on the way... You know, and then once I nailed the falling leaf, I was like, "Oh yeah, I got this." And I and I think I did that that day. My sister was pretty stoked. I think I went up the giant like pretty quick, and and right. she's like, "Oh yeah, you got this." And then went off with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Rach. Yeah. Oh, she's been a big supporter, so no, she's mm. allowed a day off. So would um, you credit sort of growing up riding Mount Ruapehu, which is known for its sort of unpredictable weather patterns, sometimes? to um, giving you a strong scene of fundamentals when it comes to snowboarding. Yeah, I'd say that Ruapai who kicks your, kicks your ass. Yeah. Yeah, teaches you how to use your edge. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't traverse, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get the goods. you got to hold your line, jump off a cornice. If you don't hold your line, you're going to bottom out and hit something you shouldn't. So, yeah, like, it's not just, la-da-da-da, doing a run, you're like, I'm holding on for death, to, you know. Mm. make it to the bottom and it's exhilarating but it's fun it's challenging you know mm. it's everything is it just due to a lot of the ice up there and that sort of thing or? um yeah but like just there'll be little ice cookies but then there'll be patches of powder and there'll mm. be just wind affected spots that i mean you learn to pick them but yeah. when you start you if you if you're not paying attention and you're not thinking and watching you you'll eat shit yeah so was there a crew back then that you were riding around Ruapehu with? Or? Yeah, there was um, there was an awesome bunch of guys who kind of were just the rock stars of Ruapehu. Tūrā mostly. Um, I really don't remember Papa having a big crew, um, but it was people like Rosalind Mitchell, Richie yeah. Hunt, um, Alex McDonald. Alex McDonald stayed there and... Um, just helped me hike my first rainbow rail and just yeah. like pumped me up you can do it you can do it yeah right. look at the top it was you know it was cool um who else dan fountain maddie groove oh shit hey i mean they were almost all at some point the mayor of real pay who were yeah oh yeah they were different the kings. times you know yeah <laughs> right. yeah it was cool and yeah. um they were you know they weren't too cool for school like, i mean they were awesome but they you know they let that, you know, the likes of me, a girl, let alone not someone who was epic, but they'd mm. let me, like, ride with them, follow them around, learn off them, right. teach me how to jump off this corner, so, uh, you know. So, so the advice would call, like, if you can keep up, you, you're sweet. Yeah, like, that's right. it. They, that's exactly it. They, they'd they be like, all right, let's go. If you're at the bottom with them, and, you you know, they'd traverse up, up here, and I would have missed that traverse, so I'd traverse lower, and I'd be like, okay, I'll just pop around here, and then I'll meet them at the bottom at the same time. And they'll be like, sweet. Right. So what was the technique one of them had about you um, with 360s and your hand touching the ground? Oh, yeah. I think I I first started to learn to spin. Um, and I was just learnt back threes, but I weirdly picked up a <laughs> little hand drag off the lip um, habit, and they made me take my gloves off. So I'd get ice burn <laughs> if I touched the snow. <laughs> oh, sick. The dudes know how to keep it real up there. That's right. Oh, like <laughs> Ross, I think, before, I don't know if it was before a border cross or a slope style, but he, the Jägermeisters was the sponsor. Oh, and yeah. he was like, you got to do this Jägermeister shop before you're on. 
<laughs> I think I got through the next round. He's like, you got to do another one. <laughs> okay, got an empty tummy. I don't know about this. But, yeah, they just kept it real, you know. Like, they were mm. from that generation where... Fun fun vibes and stuff. Fuck mm. me, Russell and Mitchell, this name I haven't heard in a long time. So I remember his part in insur- that Insurrection movie was yeah. so sick. Such a good writer. He actually yeah. lives um, up where I live now and just spends his day surfing and he still goes down to Rupehu and um, his kids are, he has two little girls, his rattle skaters, he's at the skate park all the time. Oh, rad. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Oh, it's cool he's still amongst it. Yeah, mm. and actually Richie Hunt as well. Real. Mm-hmm, I mean, well. those Hunt brothers were sort of pretty infamous. Yeah, oh, Jimmy, I forgot Jimmy and too. Yeah, they, and they were all just real down to earth guys. Mm. Just rad. Oh, sweet. And I think down Fountains living, living around here somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh, and Building he- and shit. Yeah, yeah, he's down here. Um, mm. He spent a bit of time in, in Awakuni and then migrated down here. Mm. And I heard this, um, heard various reports for certain. Uh, Musician running around Ruhupehu. Ah, yeah, he, he's he's pretty much the mayor of Ruhupehu. Um, oh right, yeah, Harry. <laughs> he, <laughs> sit down, lads. <laughs> uh, he he he. They actually skate a lot in Cooney now. They've got a real cool Sick. skate screw, skate crew like him and Ben Scarf. Um, they've all like built built ramps and bowls at their house. I think Ben's got one inside his house. It's like real cool. You know, keep it real, Cooney vibes. Yeah, I spent a lot of time riding with um, Kyle Cooper back then. He um, he was a tour. Oh, yeah, so you guys ran seasonal. deep. He was like a photographer. Well, I don't know. I mean, just like looking at the, the media I was seeing, it was like any picture that you had was shot by him. So Yeah, well, um, he was doing seasons in Cooney, and, and I was too, and we rode together, and he's just one of those dudes that you just froth off and and have so much fun you feed off each other and um he was doing seasons in Tallyride, colorado and um i hadn't gone overseas yet and i was deciding where to go i randomly wanted to go to kicking horse oh yeah i was picking between kicking horse and then they said um him and his, his girlfriend natalie said come to Tallyride, it's rad there and mm. um i went there because of them and literally because of that one call like i feel like my life has gone in a certain direction like meet my husband there oh thanks Kyle <laughs> and um yeah he's just one of those dudes that's good at everything so he um I think he just decided to pick up a camera one day and start taking photos oh, right. and he was good at it and so he was like a writer slash photographer and he was where I was and that's how I got the shots he'd, right. he'd make me do something he'd be like you should do this and I'd be like really be like, yep <laughs> okay if you say I can do it <laughs> oh, <Brad. laughs> jump off this Fucking apartment building. That's right. That was your um, check out New Zealand snowboarder, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And you're like pretending to throw your ward in the creek or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, like, what was the story with that? Just like, hey, you jump off that? Yeah, literally. Like, I think because they'd said, <laughs> they'd said, you know, like, oh, we need a shot. And um, we were in Telluride and we were just scouting out spots, you know. Mm. Um, and he was like, I've got this idea come with me <laughs> so he took me to this apartment and it was i don't know three stories high and it had you know where the snow f- in the states and europe and stuff the snow all falls off in the middle off the roof into the mm. middle and there was just this tiny tiny little landing and he's oh. like what what i think you should do is you should put get on top of the banister and just acid drop down onto this uh little landing i was like he look, looks it looks it looks it really <laughs> i was so scared my legs were shaking but I don't know, like when you're a girl and you ride with the boys and they let you ride with the boys, there's, 
there's an element of like I'm never not gonna do it you know yeah like there's not a pressure there's not a pressure because they would never have made me do it but I feel like you have to do it because they think you can do it yeah it's weird but would that be kind of cool though like right well they're backing me so they know I can do it yeah they wouldn't want you to do anything they wouldn't want you to hurt yourself yeah so for sure right and so did that lead to sort of Rome coming on board sponsorship wise yeah I think so it's a long time ago I can't quite remember but um I think that they were looking Roman section maybe the distributors in New Zealand were looking for a girl and um my name must have popped up somehow um and they approached me and said do you want to ride for them and I was like yeah sure I'll do that sweet yeah and um and that was just through New Zealand that wasn't an international thing or nah, nothing yeah I mean that on. was like oh gosh probably just flow you know like yeah. but you back in you're super stoked for that and I mean you know oh man anytime you get free shit like what <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, and I mean, I never was aiming to be professional or anything. So it just, you know, each each thing as it came, like, oh, cool, this is a cool opportunity. And then Matt Rapay was like, oh, do you want to ride fast? And I was like, oh yeah, cool. I won't buy any more passes. It's cool. And <laughs> he just took along. All right. Because what was it about? Um, I think you were telling me off mic about section, the way they fit. You had to cut t-shirts off to fit oh, over the jackets yeah. or some shit. Yeah, um, section, you know, it was MFM, like, yeah, just yeah. mad gangster, but um, they didn't really kind of attack the girls' fashion <laughs> that well, and so they just made it the same as the guys, but they didn't, um, they just made it smaller, and right. it was really short, so you, you, your pa- you know, your jacket wouldn't even come past your pants. It was just oh, really? a real bad chick look. So, you know, like, you'd be chicks <laughs> strapping up and you'd just basically see their undies because, you know, their back rides up, their jacket rides up their back. And um, I was just, I just couldn't handle it. And so I'd just ask for bigger stuff, but it would just go boxier, go wider. It wouldn't go long, like, down. Right. So I used to go to Walmart and, like, just buy XL T-shirts for five bucks and wear them over top of my jacket to, <laughs> so the snow wouldn't go down my <laughs> pants. This is bad fashion, but... Oh, man. Oh, that's a sort it's of sign of that era, I guess, MFM. And yeah, and snow, function over fashion. Like, I didn't care. I didn't want, like, snow down my pants. Yeah. <laughs> and so did, did you go to um, <clears throat> Telluride before you ended up coming down this way? I did. I did a few seasons in Telluride. Um, I used to come back to New Zealand, do... do um, Kiwi season finish up because spring would go later in Turo and um, mm. then I would go over to Melbourne and I'd work for two two months, three months, three jobs, get paid mm. a bunch of coin and um, go to the States, Telluride for, for three months and, and not work. Oh, right. So just shred the whole time. Just shred the whole time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I did that a few times, and then... Um, so did you ever live off the infamous Walmart 90 bag guarantee? And Walmart... I don't know how that that place makes money of every Kiwi and Aussie <laughs> just rocks in on the first day they get to um, the country. Like, we did. We used to rock in, go to Walmart, buy... Like, you just plug in the beds, the inflatable beds, and it had mm. a motor, so you didn't even have to pump it up. It was like... And it had a whole pack sheets duvet pillow pillowcases on the first day you got there and then on the way out 90 days or you know um 89 days before you left you'd go return it and be like oh it's the wrong color <laughs> and get your Just whole money back for eh? return 
And and I think Nat, my friend, was like, you can't take back your sheets. And I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> and you did? And watch me. <laughs> ching, ching. Like, every Kiwi and Aussie did it. Like, I, I, they should have banned us. I mean, I didn't know about it until um, partway through one of my seasons in Summit County. And again, one of the Kiwis was like, oh, no, just return it with 99. I was like, I can't fucking do that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm like... We, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, mm. one year I went to the States and the um, Kiwi dollar was like 50 cents to the US dollar. Oh, yeah. It was hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, we used to go to Tuesday night was free taco night. Um, Thursday, you know, this bar. Wednesday night was free popcorn. You know, mm. we used to go to each bar and just, we used to go to the Mexican restaurants that had free salsa and chips at the at the start of the meal and just go have like a taco and just demolish the salsa bar and leave like <laughs> bad form but man <laughs> wait I ain't got no money <laughs> but uh, it happens and yeah I mean shit I remember like my first season in Canada we were like pastoring ketchup every night oh. then turning Tuesday at Subway and we're like wow this is the gourmet shit <laughs> we used to my um, one of my friends Wyatt he um he taught me how to make condiment soup. So you just go into the cafe in the States and get ask for a cup and hot water, and then you just put the tomato sauce in. Yeah. Just tomato sauce into hot water and stir it, and then you get the creamer or the um, even powdered milk and put that in, salt and pepper, and a bit of hot sauce, and you got a cup of hot soup. <laughs> and then you know how the saltine crackers are free in the States? I mean, yeah. there's just so much free stuff in the States. And when you're from New Zealand, you're like, yeah. They need to lock this stuff up. Why is this stuff for free? Mm, fucking Kiwis traveling, eh? It's like, who stole my drink? Probably a Kiwi. <laughs> Just so much excess there. It's ridiculous. Mm. Oh, it's crazy, man. So what was um, what was the um, inspiration or reasoning behind coming down Wanaka or Southern Lakes Way? I think I just, um, you know, got the bug. There was an awesome park in Telluride. So, you know, I started developing those skills i was riding with like carl every day and he was teaching me more and more stuff and um i think i just wanted to see where it would go and mm. um kind of down here was a bit of the mecca for that at the time so i just naturally migrated down here. so snow park was firing at this time i think it had been up a season or two i came down in oh six or oh seven. Oh yeah so that was almost like the golden era of snow park yeah and yeah, so what was park. your impression first time <clears throat> And went up to Snow Park, walking through that car park and look out like. <laughs> yeah, it was you know. cool. I mean, I'd I'd seen and heard about it and 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 followed it, but you know, being there was epic. I could definitely see the potential. Mm. And was there any um, peers ripping around at that point? So I'm pretty sure like Abby and yeah, Joe and Hales were Haley Holt were like treading around here and shit or? yeah I think I knew Hayley Hope before I came down but um, I met Abby down here she mm. um, I got invited to do a little girl shoot with um, Hayley Ashby maybe within the first month or so I was down here and um, yeah I met Jew and Hayley um, Jew and Abby and yeah it was epic we had an awesome time from that moment hit it off and been friends ever since she was she was awesome um, but I just kind of I only knew really one person maybe Leroy was down here at the time um and you're just from there you just it was such a fun crew of people where just got to know everyone and met Will and was Snow Park I was working at um 
Oak Ridge oh, yeah. at the yeah. time. So I remember I'd get up super early, go shred, and I have to leave by one because I had to work at two or whatever and mm. get down. So Just that whole hospo, hospo at night and ride during the day sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's mm. what I'd done in, in, in Awakuni at the powder keg, and mm. it's all I knew, and hey, I mean, it gets you, gets you overseas, it gets you gets you places, so. Yeah, yeah, and those, I mean, it was fun vibes back then in the town with Snow Park, the shit was, get a little bit rowdy and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, what's this about Logan's sister and Will's wife getting a little too rowdy? <laughs> oh, you know, there's... Girls can have their fun in ski towns as well. It's not mm. just a boy's oh. domain. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, you know, there's been some funny nights. Um, those two were pretty raucous on some nights out, uh, wrestling in the bushes on the way to the bar. <laughs> um, but, oh, you know, just harmless fun as well. Yeah. And so was Queenstown in the mix as well? Were you sort of coming like Telluride to Wanaka, back and forth sort of thing? I think the after the first season down here, I think I moved to Queenstown. I think I met Kelly that year, Kelly mm. Bonahan, and I think she was based in Queenstown. She was with Nick Brown at the time, and she was like, "Come to Queenstown." I think that's maybe what made me go to Queenstown. Right? Yeah, because I was wondering about that because it seemed like a a jump. Like, oh, what's up with that? Sort of well, thing, I think by then I might have had a pass for all of the mountains. Holy shit. I How think did you that, hustle that? I can't even remember. I think because I wasn't on the team yet, so I don't really know how that happened. Um, I started writing for Snow Park, and I had Rapehu, and I think by that I could have a Kadrona pass. I don't actually know how I got the whole mountain pass. Well, well done. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was epic, because, you know, being in Queensland, I could, oh, I could go... Cronet, Remarks, or Snow Park, or, mm. or Cuddies. They went that, that far apart. I mean, shit, Kelly Conahan's a name I'd totally forgotten about, but she was fucking gnarly. She's like, a ripper. Um, mm. Yeah, me and Kelly were tight. It was a cool it was a cool time in snowboarding back then. Mm. You know, like, girls were... Girls weren't just the guy's girlfriend. You know, like, mm. there was a it's path for us. Shredding or, on their own rights. Yeah, or... Yeah. Or you know there was a there was a place for us in in, in a ski town like you know, mm. um, and yeah we just we were on our own mission we we're on our own path we did what we want we had our own things mm. going on and uh, so you guys ran pretty tight yeah you, you and Kelly yes ah oh, sweet yeah we um we lived in um was it that year we lived in the Dero house I think we lived oh shit so this is the height of the Dero and infamy yeah I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they've got um, they'll have plenty of stories when Sorry, you see so mom. Y- you lived in the Dero house. Yeah, to me and Kelly. Fuck it, and and survived it. Yeah, it survived it. Holy shit. shit. There was oh. there was some good moments. We lived in a little sleep out at the back of Heath's mum's house where she rented it out to us and um it was gnarly. There would be some gnarly parties there. <laughs> so what was speaking of party, what was the party cover? Oh, yeah. Well, because it was Heath's, Heath's mum's house, so we didn't want to trash it. Mm. So um, when there was going to be a party, they'd um, roll out the party carpet, which was just a, a big piece of carpet that was the same size as the lounge. They'd bring it out from under the house and roll it on top of everything. And so it was just, 
everything can get spilled on the party carpet. You just roll it up afterwards and put it back down. And it would like, you'd unroll it and it would have broken glass and stuff in it from the party before. It was genius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, props for effort there, yeah, eh? I mean, they ain't stupid. <laughs> Unreal. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of the party carpet. Yeah, well, you'll get, you should get Heath on. Or one of those boys, I'll tell you all about it. Mm. Honestly. Yeah, we used to get up in the morning and, you know, I mean, we'd join in partying, but not all the time because maybe we had something to do the next day, Minkow, and we would, like, just scooch a section of the bench clear of beer bottles and, like, whatnot and just, like, make our toast in the morning and then go and pop to Snow Park, just coach Snow Girls or something. Mm. Yeah, it was good times. Oh, man, and I swear that time, it was just a really cool, vibrant seen like I mean if I remember right it seemed like every other weekend there was a downtown rail jam or some shit yeah and there and stuff there was and mm. um I mean all those boys were oh big in the snow game right then they were they, I don't know mm. they're probably kings of uh, Queenstown as well like they yeah it was epic time they they had a I don't think anyone filled their boots after they moved out of the no it's sort of big industry. shoes to fill anyway but mm-hmm. it's sort of it's not really there at the moment. Yeah. But um, were you in many of those sort of downtown rail jams and shit like that? Yeah. Um, the Remarkables Park Life one. I remember mm. that. Yeah, me and Kelly did that. Um, it was awesome. And actually, we, we had shots before that comp as well. So was this, was this <laughs> No a, one uh, was making us do it. I think <laughs> we were like, oh, it worked last time. Let's do it again. Oh, so it's a Shelly G winning technique. We just <laughs> knock back a couple of shots and then away you go. Yeah. So was it just you and Kelly only doing these jams? Or? Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, there was a few, oh, to be fair, I really can't remember. Some girl's going to be like, I did that comp. Um, yeah, there was a few around. We were kind of the slope style ones at the time, like more mm. free ride slope style. I mean, Abby was ripping it. She was getting photos and, but um, and you know, Jew was piped. But yeah, we kind of were the jibbers a bit more. Like in your wake, there seemed to be a lot more like female slope style, all mountain shredders and shit. Yeah, I remember um, yeah. the first <clears throat> season I did the circuit overseas. Possum was like, I stayed that summer. I didn't save enough money and I saw you doing that and I was like, I'm never doing another summer again. I'm going to go do that. And, you know, the next Rad. season she was like, I'm off. Oh, go possum. Yeah. Rad. So, I mean, I, you know, I got influenced by other people and then hopefully I influenced other people to mm. go live an awesome life. Sweet. So, speaking of influences, were you looking at any international pros or anything and being like, shit, yeah, that's something I, I want to aspire to? Or? Not really, because, you know, I just... You just lived it a little bit, well, I lived a little bit more day to day. I didn't really have goals and such. Like, I was never snowboarding to be a pro or go to the X Games or anything. I just mm. was like, day to day, how much fun can I have today? Yeah. You know, who can I ride with? Who can pump me up? What can we learn? I remember the end of one of my end of my tally ride seasons, I broke my humerus and um, we went to a, on the way out, leaving the country, we went to a comp in Tahoe. North Lake around that area and um, I watched this girl rail comp and like these tricks these girls were doing I was like damn that's that's epic like and a girl friend of mine that was there at the time she she was kind of bummed she was like a a little bit jealous of like the tricks that these girls were doing because they were doing better tricks than she could yeah and I kind of looked at it as like I can't wait 
till I can do tricks like that because everything I do in between from now until I can do that trick I have the damn coolest time and some cool stories yeah and um I remember this girl Iris I can't remember her last name she was like big back then and um yeah she was the one that was doing these tricks she was real good on rails and then you know a few seasons later she was doing like the burden open with me and I'm like at the top and looking at her I'm like hey who's that girl She's competing against me. Or like, you know, I, I yeah, suddenly podiumed that, that comp and she was in that comp. And I was like, wow, it's crazy how full circle things can come. Yeah, so suddenly you're standing at the same drop-in ramp. Mm. Like, yeah. Fuck. So, so you did have those moments where you pinch yourself and go, holy fuck, I can't believe this has just happened. But I think maybe when you set goals, um, you've already dropped that goal before you've reached it. And you've already mm. got something else you're working towards. So you don't yeah, ever right. like... In, like acknowledge you you made that goal because it's already like oh that's easy i've already got like something 10 steps ahead yeah that so you're working towards so you never acknowledge those things that you aspired to a little while ago as opposed to living a bit more in the moment yeah sort of thing oh mm. cool um <clears throat> i'll go back to queenstown a little bit so it's the first time i think i briefly met you was through nick kirkland and plague oh yeah um yeah, he because he made his plague boards. They were yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was sick, man. I, I wish that I'd actually bought one off him back in the day. Yeah. Um, how'd you meet Nick? Just part of the Queenstown crew. He was with, friends with all the, the Dero crew, and um, yeah, he lived in Queenstown. Mm. Um, and he's a rad dude. He, yeah, he had a little workshop. Mm. He was always cool to hang out with. So I think he was um, sponsoring Rob Mitchell. Yes. And he credits Rob Mitchell with teaching him how to make stronger snowboards. Because <laughs> yeah, Rob, I bet, <laughs> broke, a, broke a few boards. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did the um, move to Burton happen? I probably did a couple of comps those first couple of seasons and, and you know, probably showed a bit of promise. And um, I think they might have been looking oh, yeah. and approached me. And, um, yeah, I mean, not to hop about, but it, you know, but probably was a bit of a bit of a deal. And, um, yeah, Burton was. And was that strictly higher ground than Guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and Jay and Joel were the dudes I worked with. They were awesome to deal with. Rad. And it's Jay Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rad. Rad, and he's still holding down the Burton program now. Couldn't, couldn't do without him. Sweet. And did that segue into, like, Burton International, or were you strictly just on the Burton New Zealand? They program? they totally embraced me, um, Burton International. They, you know, the team manager, the girls' team manager, Susie, was awesome. And, you know, at X Games, they'd look after me and do tour and, you know, got to go on shoots with them. Um, yeah, they were, yeah, they were awesome. Mm. Well, speaking of contests, the uh, one <coughs> contest that I was aware of, as uh, you were the first Kiwi to place or podium at the Burton US Open. Was I? Yeah, Ollie Burke told me that. Was it? Well, Will Jackways, I can't remember. Sorry, sorry, lads. <laughs> um, well. How did that come about? Was that through the, um, did you do that off your own back or? <clears throat> yeah, I think the year, I think I decided I wanted to do a circuit you know like okay. I think I'd done you know Burton Open in New Zealand and I was like oh, yeah I want to go overseas and I think I'd asked for help with the New Zealand team and because um slope style wasn't in the Olympics it wasn't really funded so they they weren't really all that helpful all right um and so I think what happened was um my sister Rachel she had a 
great idea to throw a fundraiser for me. All right. And um, yeah, everyone in the town of Oakuni donated goods, and we did an auction and raised enough money. Rupai who um, donated a bunch. I mean, they were my sponsor at the time. Mike Smith was was marketing manager at the time, and just yeah, hooked it up. Right, made so it happen the, the town came together yeah got me enough money to go do that first season that's so sick so overseas was that one of those things that fuck you i got to represent now because Cooney's backing me yeah there was a bit of pressure I really yeah. felt like oh you know I need to do well and um, I yeah ended up doing doing well sick and, and this was for the US Open or was this before this was for the, I think I, I think I yes so that year that I needed the, the funds to go do it properly, um, yeah, they, they pulled it together and oh, and I could go. Rad shot, Cooney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, people just want you to do something awesome, mm. go, you know, and, and they wanted to help out in any way they could and well, they did. Well, it's kind of rad though. That's kind of one of those plots you see in one of those American stories of like the whole town coming together. And, <laughs> yeah, but you know. you say that like it always works out. Like it, and at the end of the day, you know, mm. they win. But yeah. I I notoriously have not those stories. Like I would I would just always cook it at the last minute um. and and just not have that Hollywood story moment but man I had an awesome story lead up to that yeah. moment you know like it was awesome stories but yeah and never sometimes like X Games like the first time I went to X Games like I never even thought I'd ever go to X Games the year mm. before I went to X Games I was like that would never be me and then yeah that next year I went and that first year I went I was doing so well like mm. I couldn't believe it and um, my, you know, no one was watching. No one knew. It wasn't on Sky here. My sister actually knew. She went to high school in America, so she knew some people over there. So she skyped them, asked them to turn the sky, like this, the laptop towards the TV in America, so she could watch my runs. Right. And um, and I yeah, I was doing really well, and I was pretty not unfit, but you know, X Games is a gnarly nally machine like it chews you up spits you out like it's a hard it's a hard run you do lots of runs of it and i just wasn't very strong so when you say like lots of riding runs yes like you know you just you get slitted up in an hour you'll just do so many and it's it's sort of like i remember jenny jones said to me in my first x game she was like just work your way through the course because um if you spend too much time focusing on something if you miss the third rail, you can't hit the, hit the first jump. Mm. So just work your way, nail that trick, move down, nail that trick, move down, and then straight air, once you've hit the first jump, straight air, hit the second jump, just to get through the course. Because if it, it, it otherwise you're just tired and you can't do that full run every time. Mm. It's really good advice, but I, 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 you know, as I said, I came from a place where you were doing shots before runs. Like mm. I, I, I wasn't probably as strong as I should have been in. I was doing really well and um, hit the first jump, like did a backy, hit the second jump, did a back spin, oh, back five, and then went for the last money booter and just went up switch and just my legs just gave way because I was so weak oh, man. and so tired. You know, I didn't go with yeah. a physio, I didn't go with a trainer, I didn't go with a coach. It was like me and Matt who had like a Kiwi sign painted at the <laughs> bottom of the corral. 
and I just like my legs just slipped out and I like landed on the knuckle on my body just oh. slid down the corral like knocked out like to catch me before I hit the fence and um yeah I got like a pulmonary lung contusion um concussed and that was like oh, my, my you know like that Hollywood story would be and she nailed it and her first ex get me no like mm. Christy or um Mm. Or or Zoe, like they nailed it, and I like, yeah. If you've mm. been your first so, one, you podium, and I just that shit. must have been a huge trip going to the seeing this corporate machine where you're like, fuck, I want to drop, but it was an ad break or some shit. Mm. Yeah, that's oh, they're really good. They run a tight ship at X Games, and um, they're really good at making the rider be as comfortable as possible. But yeah, for TV, you gotta mm. you gotta kind of conform, but um. Yeah, it's all good. Like, it's just fun. You're up there with your friends. It's really not... You you see it as you watch those. Everyone's friends. Mm. They're not like... Oh, so the camaraderie's real. Yeah. And, yeah. And if you needed to be pumped up before you run because you stopped, whoever was dropping behind you would be, you got it, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, cool. Cool group of girls was competing when I was Brad, competing. So who were the peers that we would... Well, the names that we would know that you were competing against at this time? Oh, like Spencer, Jamie... Shirsty, Sil J, Possum Steffi, Christy, mm. um, I mean, that's Shaka. a huge, huge list of names right there. Yeah. That's gnarly. And all awesome chicks, like, yeah. real cool. Rad. And so I wanted to sort of get into the US Open, this moment where you ended up on the podium, like, <laughs> how, <laughs> like, what? Fuck, yeah. Because like, that, it was Will that told me. I'm pretty sure it was Will, because I mentioned your name, he's like, first Kiwi to podium on the US Open. It's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Mm. Oh, hey, you got to believe that guy. He yeah. knows what's yeah. up. Um, yeah, I, like, um, went and I don't, that comp, I don't think I was riding really well and um, I was change chopping. You know, I always used to have this thing where it didn't matter what you needed to do to win or lose. I just, if you saw a course and you saw what you thought was cool, a run that you'd be stoked with at the end of it, then that would be just what I'd aim for. And um, I think I didn't follow that rule when I was chopping and changing too much, like, oh, no, I'm going to do that. No, I'm going to do that. And um, and it got to my last run, and I was like, screw it, I'm just going to do this. And I, yeah, I landed it and got second. And it was pretty surreal because, yeah. Because that's a pretty prestigious competition with yeah. a snow warning. Do you remember what tricks you your run consisted of? Yeah, um, I can't remember my rails, but I think it was cab five, backflip, back seven. Um, then there was a cannon oh, yeah. at the end. So that's like the money, money better. Yeah, thing. yeah, and um, yeah, it was cool. One thing they don't that they need a teacher at, at comps is, um, I mean, I was just like such an idiot here by myself. They. Um, when they give you champagne and you like yeah. spray it like I didn't know how to do it and so I like popped it off and it was like literally facing me like I shook it off and popped it off and like the cork just hit me in the face and just I just got sprayed with wine all on my like <laughs> money shot myself I was an idiot <laughs> so yeah oh, so your peers didn't have to spray you at all no I did it myself <laughs> and Man. then I went for dinner with Kelly Clark that night and I was like Kelly you should have told me how to do that <laughs> champagne bottle. It's uh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> done so many of them. It's natural. Yeah, someone missed the memo. Because mm. was there something about Heiner and Brown that were kicking around there too? 
Oh, yeah, they were in Vermont for that comp. I mean, they didn't really do comps, but they were there um, at the time. And, yeah, it was cool because they were there. It felt like got some Kiwi support when I was there. And, um, <laughs> and you know, the, the season before, I'd kind of asked the New Zealand team for help, and they, they, they didn't really acknowledge because of Slipsell not being in the Olympics. And... Um, I guess we were getting a photo at the end, and and Tom, Tom Wilmot was kind of chimed in, popped popped his head in the side, and got in the shot, and then used it for like a press release and <laughs> claim, you know, all through snow sports. Shelly, podium, U.S. Open, these a little bit. I mean, you know, mm. when you get funding for a certain thing, I mean, you're not going to be in the rules. Why would you give funding to someone else? But I mean, Slipstyle was coming up, mm. you know into the Olympics so it was already confirmed as being in the Olympics I think they were time. thinking about it and oh, right. you know like because at that at that comp you had to get the top three to get the same sort of things that the pipe riders were getting with mm. funding and help and physios and and coaching and all that and so I had to get top three at the US Open they had to get top 16 in pipe mm. and so it was you know a little bit different in the skill level of that a bit harder yeah and so like <clears throat> did you have any ways of dealing with the stress of the competitions and shit like that or yeah. stress of being like a sponsored or a pro snowboarder it, it's funny because you know it is just your mates up there but then there's sometimes a lot riding on it like i mean there could be 40 grand on you landing your run or not you know yeah so if you don't let your head get into and you know you got to keep your wits about you and um there's there's times that I did awesome at it and times that I really did bad at it um mm. I remember one of my first season Jana Mayen was oh yeah, she she was doing sick in the first couple of seasons that I did it she she was big in the in the comp world and she used to I mean, she literally used to pace golf in the bushes before her run. Like, it was like you couldn't talk to her. It was really intense. And I was like, wow, people take this really seriously. Mm. And then there was Jamie, who'd just be like, chilling, bopping with some music, just so mellow. And I was like, well, you just, it works for different for everyone. Mm. So um, I really just try to be around people that would pump me up mm. and just try and do my best run. Not try and do my best run to win just try and do a run that I was stoked with yeah unfortunately that changed a little bit as I went through my career but that's how I started okay so like what do you mean by changed well you know when you're when you're doing it and you're just there by yourself and no pressure and I mean it's just like why you snowboard because mm. you're mates and and just stoking out on what you can do in a day and what your friends can do in a day and um when you start getting coaches at the top of the run telling you you got to land otherwise you're not going to get carded the next season or um you know you'll get your this pulled away or your travel budget will get cut or if, shit, you so know they'll be telling you that at the top of your run sometimes or like holy shit or like when when i did that double backflip um they wanted me to do it three times we had a we had a um uh, spring spring coaching session at the end of the season wanted me to do it three times in this week otherwise I wasn't going to get this cutting for the next season you so, know 
yeah, just right. just it changes instead of doing writing for yourself and being stuck what you're doing you're writing for other people and it can mess with your mind so I guess it becomes more of an investment yeah I mean you know you're getting government mon- funding mm. so they've got to tick boxes to mm. to give you things but it really did change the way that I like they gave us a personal trainer when I got on the team they gave me a personal trainer and I was like the gym <laughs> <laughs> You want me to go to the gym? Like, and I did like kind of say to this guy, like, I, I grew up in snowboarding where you, you got drunk the night before you did something. Yeah. You know, you didn't go to the gym. And he just couldn't fathom it. And I was like, look, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just like, it's different for me. So mm. it was just a different way. Just way different culture and shit. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, I mean, you've got grommies coming up in the snow industry now who who, who want to go to the Olympics, you know, mm. that I want to go to this Olympics when I'm 14. And I was like, I ain't going to the Olympics, you know? Yeah, like, these yeah. just, it wasn't in my goal set. It wasn't in my forethought, mm. so. So this is my naivety coming in. Well, I don't know much about the sort of contest thing, but, like, what do you mean by carded? Oh, so I think... Um, how the tiers of carding, like one carded athlete, two, three, is on your um, your your results and how well mm. you're tracking. Like, say you didn't do any comps that season, but you're doing the best tricks constantly landing. They would they would put you in a category, and then then you get more funding because you're a higher level. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I hardly understood it, and I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how did you get in it though? It was just through that. US Open. Yep. So when I when I got second at the US Open, I literally had to put me in the team because I was a level one carded athlete. Mm. So you did you go back to the NBA? Hey, look at this, or did they come to you? They came to me, and 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 it was awkward. All right. Oh yeah, because they were like, and then they were like, "Come on in, you get all this stuff." And I was like, "You didn't want me before." Right. Okay. Well, you mentioned the Olympics, so I guess we'll go in because you um, went to Sochi. Did, and um, how was that? Yeah. It, was, it was it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, like um, well, like well, I guess start off like because it was a pretty serious hype machine behind that one, especially with yourself, Possum, Steffi, and Christy, like the the awesome, awesome, awesome foursome and stuff. Like, yeah. how was that? Did you find there was more sort of media spotlight that wasn't necessarily snowboard media being interested and shit like that, or. Yeah, I mean, New Zealand media in a whole doesn't really know the snow sports that well. Like, now they do, but mm. back then, not so much. And, um, yeah, it was a bit new for them, a bit green. And um, the, just, they didn't understand it and reported in some odd ways. Um, and, you know, Kiwis are a bit tough on you. If you don't do well, they'll... Mm. But in saying that, like, at Olympics, I didn't do well. And, like, Scotty... Haley, everyone who interviewed me, they were just, you know, real easy because they could see your pain. Yeah. If, you know, I didn't do well, I did like literally the worst I've ever done at any comp at the oh, Olympics shit. when like everyone's watching. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a bit of media has a big role to play. Mm. Yeah. So, what happened in the, well, you said you didn't do well and stuff, like, what happened there? Uh, or? uh, well, as I said, like, w- when I was doing X Games or other real big comps in my career, there wasn't literally everyone you went to school with, everyone's dad, 
yeah, watching right. you, messaging you on social media the night before. I saw you on TV. Good luck. Do us proud. And it really, I mean, they gave us a, um, a psych, a mental coach, health coach. But I really, I wasn't prepared for how it actually will be there. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look at Simone Biles, like, pulling out. It's like it's intense and yeah. the media scrutiny about that like um it's just real mental toughness needs to mm. happen in that and um yeah it got to my head i stopped eating when i was there holy shit yeah i lost like five kgs and what we were there for 13 days um i um, hit my head i hit my head one day in practice and um the team doctor was like okay do you feel sick and i was like yeah i feel sick but i don't know if i feel sick from hitting my head it was because i'm like literally got butterflies 24 7. Mm. jesus yeah because i mean i remember there was a lot of i don't know like there was a, a lot of things happened at that so she like remember benny bright had this giant outburst and yeah like there was heaps of input about the course um and the, the course was awesome Oh, it was big, but I think the pipe had trouble because Sochi, it's not like, it's on the coast. It's mm. its a wet mountain. Like, I think they did incredible for the conditions it was in. But yeah, that, that all got back because it was a um, New Zealand crew building the yeah building the course. Um, and then, then Possum's media fiasco before we got there <laughs> oh, kind <shit>. of happened. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that? Is that oh, cool, Possum? Yeah, just keep Possum on. She'll tell you about it. <laughs> well, I, I think Possum's put her foot in Olympic New Zealand history by con- making every athlete from then on conform to their, like, no social media um, <laughs> rule. Like, and her, I think you, you have to have her on to say how it was, but I think in jest. Mm is how she meant what she wrote, but yeah. it just went viral. The tabloids just grab it and ran with it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And then I felt real sorry for her because it actually messed with her too. And yeah, oh, of course it would, and it's kind of fucked. Like, yeah, and, and, and she should have been having only the thoughts of riding and the course on her mind, not like everyone in New Zealand's. I mean, some nasty stuff was getting said about her and she literally Holy said shit. what she really? said in jest yeah yeah fuck that song it was just a joke and actually this is even back in like when it wasn't as mainstream as it is now like it was yeah. big then but like because i mean it was a strong squad like possum christy yourself and steffi yeah like, man that's a heavy heavy squad yeah we were i mean doing yeah. all those comps each season where it was always four kiwi girls mm. and was you four yeah and you know like real Mm. up there riders i mean kiwi could kiwis can i'd say kiwi slope style females we produce the goods i say Mm. Mm. so i remember at that time jodie black she was in the car with me and we talked i think it was like the year before so she and we were going over the coronet bank slalom (laughs) and he was talking about like um just everyone and he's like yeah possum's doing like cab nines and shit and this mm. is before it was even standard and mm-hmm. it's like man and you know christy with her roadie sevens and yourself and yeah man this has been pretty sick speaking of jody though oh yeah what a funnest dude to ride with like we were so yeah. lucky to have him as our coach and that's what used to make um you know when i was 
on my own and do my own gig mm. and then having to transition into the team and adapt to these rules and ways like the reason why it worked for me was because of Jody. yeah like so. he used to take all the the the, the structural bullshit for us mm. so we just could do what we so did you run quite a way back with Jody then yeah so Jody was our coach when we mm. got on the team right and um I mean it's pretty awesome because he coached us three girls Christy had Colin oh yeah and um that was just an awesome unit it was fun mm. treating with him I mean like the day that I did the double backy I told him what I wanted to do and he's like yep let's do it Right. Like he wasn't hesitant, he wasn't, you know, like he knew how to make it work for me. He wasn't like, okay, we're going to go do this, we're going to do that. He's like, okay, how do you think we're going to do it? How should we play it out? And want? he was also a good enough writer to step up to features too, right? Yeah. So like, oh, if you can see him do a roadie over it, then you know you can do your thing over it. Yeah. And speaking of strong writers coaching, I wanted to speak about Will Jackway's coaching you towards social. <laughs> yeah. Well... Well, he's possibly the only person ever to be told off for doing a seven in a slapstick <laughs> course, right? Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Jody was awesome, but unfortunately Jody had an accident and um, got taken out of being able to ride and be our coach, which was really hard to grapple with because that was quite close to yeah. um, the qualifying season for the Olympics. And, and, and so there's a lot of trust between coach and rider and that sort of stuff. Totally. And, you know... We, we were lucky that Jody worked with me, Possum, and Steffi really well. Yeah. Like, it, if they'd just got another coach in there, it might not have worked. You know, mm. you know, maybe it would work with Possum and Steffi, not with me. Or, you know, we could have had one each, even. Yeah. But, I mean, the team, there's probably not enough money for that. But um, when we were doing that qualifying season, I don't think we really had a coach. And um, we were working through who could work with us. And, and what, uh, it was really tricky because it's... It's an interesting life coaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I think I just was come. you know, I qualified and it was coming up to going to the Olympics and um, I was like, I need someone there. And, and I was like, who could be literally the dopest person to take with you to the Olympics? And I was like, well, Will Jay. Mm. And so I called him up and uh, randomly he said yes, which... Very surprising, but it instantly put our cool factor up like a millionfold. Yeah, <laughs> like like the comp circuit. You know, you kind of become the comp jocks, and as soon as Will was on any part of our team, it's just we we were way cooler. <laughs> oh, well, he's just it's Will. I man. mean, he's a legend. Everyone knows Will, and the- yeah, and you know, Will wearing a helmet, like you know, in practice, we'd be doing runs and practice and whatever, and. And some comps to lead them, like the qualifying for the Olympics is a different circuit than our regular circuit of doing the Open and the Dew Tour and the X Games. So it's like mm. two polar opposites ways of riding, running comps. Mm. And unfortunately, just the year before Olympics is going to be the 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 qualifying round for FIS, and um, they're very strict. They come from a skiing, racing mm. background. And, um, oh, yeah, I, I, I did have a giggle when I listened to Will Jay's episode because I remember it a little bit differently the way that Will told those stories. But um, he, you know, he's, 
he's not used to wearing a helmet going snowboarding mm. and some dude's telling him he has to wear a helmet to ride alongside the jumps, even though he's not even hitting them. <laughs> and he's like, he just like straps his helmet to his backpack and he's like, yeah, well, I got a, I got a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, I don't know. I think that day I, we were in Quebec and I was like, I, I didn't think I was like, I think it was the end of the day and I'd practice all I'd practiced and Will's like, I might, I might do a seven over that or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Let's do a run. And we're just like tailing each other and um, yeah, he spun and then gets to the bottom and this course official goes off at him. And he's like, what? My, my rider wanted me to do a seven so I could show her how to do it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I needed to see how to do a seven. And then uh, he was like real off it that this guy told him off and his backpack was at the top and so we went back up to to get it and I think he just like without his helmet on did the same thing and gapped it to the car and I was like oh that's so funny and then this guy's like racing after him was like and then they go to Tom and you know you're a rider and Tom's like Will oh no he's the nicest guy you ever meet that's not Will and what was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shot When well. we went to um, Larks, so when we flew to Russia, um, we acclimatized in um, in Switzerland mm. for a few days beforehand. And um, Jar Harris lives in Switzerland. Oh, great! And yeah. Will and Jar are pretty good buddies. And so the night the night before we we left that morning to fly to Russia in our like chartered plane, Will just We'd have got on the source with Jar, and um, in the morning, like we're literally like in the bus. Tom's like in the bus today. Everyone backpacked in the bus today, and Will's like, I was like, Will, dude, it's quarter to eight, and um, we gotta go. And he's not even out of bed, not packed, not had breakfast or anything. He's rusty as. I was open the door and I was like, <laughs> drunk by the fumes. Like, Will, dude. Seriously, <laughs> and um, yeah, he's eating his breakfast up real slowly. And Tom's like, "It's eight o'clock. You're in the car. Will, <laughs> Will." <laughs> it was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> he kept it real. Mm. Will kept it real. Mm. Mm. And um, getting told off at Sochi as well. It's like, <laughs> rad. Oh, it's yeah. such, oh, it was it was crazy. What mm. like, you know, you couldn't have. Um, I don't know if the regular public realizes what it's like there, but like we couldn't we couldn't hold up um, the silver fern flag in the stands. Like, say someone's racing and we want to go support them because you yeah. try anyone, anyone like skeleton. You you know, go go watch them support them. You couldn't hold up. Th- you had to only hold up the New Zealand flag. Really? You couldn't have any branding. You oh. can't have any label showing apart from the official ones that um, are for your team. You know, Jeez. Mons, Real had paid royalty to be able to be on TV to, you know, it's just... Holy shit, The, the red tape's gnarly. Yeah, so pe- people getting told off is just like, yeah, it's common. Oh, right. And so with Sochi, there was um, a bit of media backlash with um, some fucking reporter writing some stories. Did that even bother you? Or 
you know, it's weird because when you're there, you don't know what's getting played in New Zealand. Yeah. So it wasn't until we came back or when we talked to our family and friends what they were telling us what mm. was being said. But yeah, like um, yeah, the the Kiwi reporter just it was a sense of not knowing the sport a yeah. little bit, um, thinking that we were just there for you know fun and and not taking it really seriously. Like I think she yeah. wrote an article about how Jossie like threw away his run. And didn't try, did straight ears. But, you know, like, she doesn't understand that if you muck up your rail at any point, any part of your run, you muck it up, you're not, it's, you're not going to still podium, you know? Yeah. And so if you muck up your first rail, there's no sense in doing a double on the, on the jumps, Mm. right? Unless you wanted to practice. Yeah. And so, you know, it just painted us as we were there just having fun, not even trying. Yeah, and I guess so. Uh, you muck up your rail. Are you even going to have enough speed to even? Yeah, some some courses like you that. can, some courses you can't. Like some courses you can recover, and some you just can't. It no. just it left a bad taste in our mouth, and it and it, you know, it was a real cool thing to go over and represent your country. And as I yeah. said, like I had friends, parents messaging me like, yeah, you know, um, you stoke out everyone, but there's mm. other things that you do that are as, as awesome, but yeah. they just don't see it. Um, so. It's like a little naivety, but then you want to show them this world that they don't even know about. Um, yeah. You know, this awesome sport that their kid could get into, you know. Mm. It's so a weird one. Do you feel like snowboarding has a place in the Olympics? or? Yeah, I mean, if that weird jumping thing has, yeah. <laughs> has a spot in the Olympics, snowboarding has. Yeah. Nah, I, I mean, um, like a figure skating, it's an expression of the sport. Mm. It's snowboarding's the same. Yeah, it's people's love, sweat, tears, passion on a board, and there really, when you, there really isn't that much red tape when you've just got some rails and some jumps, and you just do mm. the best run you could do. And you know, judging is hard. A field I could never do it. Sometimes yeah. you'd be like, "How did that not win that run?" And sometimes you're like, "Yep, that's perfect." But you know, generally you can tell when people are nailing it, and at the end of their run, they deserve whatever they, you know. Mm. get and it definitely needs to be there because some kids watch that and they want to do that that next olympics in africa and so they're going to shoot for it and that's awesome yeah a few years later we had zoe getting the bronze that's right so how um did you watch that go down when zoe yeah i had like a uh one and a half year old at the time like she's put I didn't have Sky, and so I was at a friend's house, and she's like pulling apart this person's house, and I'm trying to like sit down. Zoe's writing. Stop playing the piano. Um, so were you hyped when you seen that? Heck like, yeah! Like, and that's the thing. Like, any of us could have podiumed. You know, mm. it, it, there wasn't that just standout writer and that they were that guaranteed mm. one. But you know, you just never know who could have done it. And because mm. I remember seeing the lineup of like the four of yours. Mm. And just what you guys had done beforehand, be like, fuck, man, holy shit! Like, because Jamie, I think won or something. Mm-hmm. Jamie, like, any, and then oh no, my at the Olympics that I went to, or the one that Zoe. Oh, the one that you went to. Yeah, so it was any got second, Jenny Jones got third, and Jamie won. Yeah, and no, Jamie, I, like, she, this is the pillar of mental strength. Like, she was the favourite to win, right? Mm. Jamie never falls. Yeah. She fell, was it two runs or three runs in the final? I don't know. She fell 
her runs and it was the last chance and she Mm. wasn't like first second or third it was trippy like i would have been my mind would have been blowing yeah if i was her and she just did her run like she was doing it in Breckenridge and just nailed it Mm. because i was was certain sure that um at some point you all had sort of podiumed alongside them so it was like oh man they could totally take this out yeah you know that's pretty exciting yeah (laughs) yeah as i said any of us could have been up there Mm. it was our day and um speaking of the awesome foursome there was something about um the trip before the year before to europe oh yeah. (laughs) yeah so um they have a test event at the um where it's going to be the year before generally just to like iron out the kinks and um because they basically purpose built sochi hmm. well where it was so sochi's in the city and then where the the, the mountains are i know it was like half an hour 45 minutes out of sochi um we we're set to go over for the test event hmm. and we flew out of denver because we were always based in colorado we flew out of denver and like 30 minutes after our plane took off um they cancelled the test event because there wasn't enough snow and so we got to like I don't know Frankfurt, and we get off the plane, and all our phones beep and be like, "Fights cancelled." I mean, comps cancelled, and we're like, "What?" I was super bummed because um, the Growlers were playing in Denver. I don't know if you know that was a band. Mm. A band was playing in Denver that I wanted to see like that week, and I was missing it because I had to go to Russia. And um, anyway, we they um denied about what to do, and they were like, "Well, we'll go to where we were going to go anyway." So we went to Austria and stayed there, and it dumped like so much snow and we ended up just staying riding in austria for three days like so. waist tie powder and um <laughs> yeah they just flew back home and then i got to still go to the gig that i wanted to go to was effort <laughs> thanks taxpayer <laughs> <laughs> and let, letting loose on the plane or some shit too uh, or was that all part of that no that was another that was another trip we went to spain la molina in spain and um I actually got a really bad back injury there, like probably one of my worst injuries I've ever got, apart from my humerus and my pulmonary lung contusion. But yeah, and <laughs> I uh, did my back, couldn't walk. Um, we ended Fucking up. Hell. Yeah, everyone would like go up. There was a comp there. We do it. Everyone would leave me to go up. The so how did you do your back? I like. Just had it was called um, degenerative disc, so I um, just have some disc work that's getting pounded a little bit. With I mean, I did gymnastics, but you know, when I was a kid and I rode horses and I did athletics, so I've you know I've had a pretty sporty life, and and then I carried it on with the snowboarding. So I've you know given my body a bit of a beat up, and I just think my back decided to give in there, and when it goes, it goes, and I couldn't walk. Um, everyone would go up the mountain to the comp and they just left me there and you couldn't drink the we're staying in this hotel you couldn't drink the water the tap water so you could yeah. only buy bottled water no one left me any money mm. no one left me and we're in this hotel where it didn't have a minibar it wasn't a very rich part of Spain we were in and um, I couldn't take my pain meds because I couldn't drink the water fuck and no one would like left me any water so I would get out of my bed. Like, it'd take me literally, like, 15 minutes to walk from my room to the elevator. 
Fucking go hell. down the elevator and then I'd go into this restaurant. No one spoke English. And I'd just be like, water. They'd get me water. I'd just say, put it on my room. I don't know who paid that bill. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and anyway, so I was in real rough shape. The comp ended up getting cancelled because I think it was bad weather and we flew back. Um, and we were all sitting in the back row of the plane and I I was had a lot of painkillers because I was in good shape and I think we decided to just do a little bit of painkiller booze mix to get us through this flight and we were sitting there back me possum steve was in the back row of this plane there was one dude on the edge in the middle row and this other dude on the edge in the middle row and and christy was a few hours ahead and she was like well i'm gonna party with you guys and so she came back and sat with us so this these poor dudes one guy i think he took like 10 painkillers i mean 10 sleeping pills and just put a blanket over him slept the whole way we were just getting rowdy in the back and this dude who was just like, this is the most interesting um, plane ride that I've ever had. And we, I think there's definitely some photographic evidence of that plane ride. Because, <laughs> you know, you fly to Europe from the States. It's either a night flight or a day flight. And that mm. one was a day flight. And we're like, oh, this is a long time. I mean, it's like nine hours to mm. kill. It's a long time to kill. It was fun. Fun times. <laughs> I mean, we were like a big family. Mm. You know, those those girls I have a lot of love for them they're, mm. they're awesome so they must be pretty fucking scary though with the back thing like do, did you and me like fuck I'm paralyzed and shit or well I've never felt that much pain I've never been immobilized you know like yeah. I couldn't roll over um it was scary but um it's a reality of sports sometimes um mm. you know you could look after yourself and and listen to yourself when 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 your body's hurting you gotta listen to it yeah fuck man i just can't even imagine mm. touch wood i haven't blown blown any knees um that's notorious but yeah and female snowboarders like lots of female snowboarders blown their knees um yeah but i just had a bunch of concussions really <laughs> <laughs> can't tell right <laughs> <laughs> we segue here um we forgot to talk about Madwax because uh, you graced um, a particular bar for a while, right? Yeah, I met um, Brett up in Auckland. up in Auckland. I mean, sorry, in Wellington um, before he moved down here. And yeah, I was like, "You want me to be on your bar? You want me to have a, a, a my own bar? That's rad. Okay, sure." <laughs> Madwax was fucking awesome though. I was so hyped on that. That's so cool. And I've still got one bar left. Oh yeah. Yeah, I found it when I was getting my gear to come down here. I was like, ah, sweet. <laughs> I think my photo was me jumping that cat at Ruapohu. Oh, that was sick. That's um pretty iconic. Yeah. Backside five, right? Back yeah. Five stale. Yeah, that was such a fun day. We were there with Rob Mitchell. Kyle was shooting it. Um, Leroy. Such a fun time those good days I mean, like that's, that's a heavy north island crew you mentioned right there yeah uh, rob's awesome on anything he picks up with you know he's awesome snowboarder skater surfer mm. and um are you following much snowboarding these days or yeah when i can i mean i got two kids and my life's pretty hectic and i'm pretty removed from like the industry and in, in that sense but yeah i definitely watch comps when i can Especially my favourite ones. Yeah, and do you have that sort of um, nostalgic FOMO? FOMO, or? yeah, I get a bit of FOMO, especially X Games. X Games are really fun. 
comp. I mean, mm. it's intense, a lot of pressure, but um, and kind of gnarly, but um, really fun, well-run comp. I get most FOMO for that one, and, and the US Open and Aspen, when I watch that now. Like, mm. I think last year there before, like, I think my kid, like, spewed up or something, and I was like, where did my, like, while I was watching, I was like, where did my life go? What, what have I done? Like, it's changed so much. Wouldn't change it for the world, but, yeah, like, it's crazy when you look back and you're like, yeah, man, I've, I've done some stuff and mm. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, pretty out of it that you have, though. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Like, well, even you saying come on this podcast, I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything to say. I don't, I haven't done anything and... I don't know, like even listening to other people's stories, you're like, oh yeah, brings you back, takes mm. your mind back. There's yeah. some cool stuff that's happened just because of snowboarding, you know, like mm. it's a it's a pretty cool community of people all mm. just wanting to have a good time. And um, IT support, Gina. <laughs> oh yes. Um, <laughs> wanted me to ask you, what did snowboarding give you? Well, it gave me a leg out of a small town in North Island. You know, like, because of snowboarding, I was like, i got to get out. Mm. And it was my way out, you know. As I said, I went to Melbourne to um, earn enough money to leave and do the circuit, you know. Yeah. On the way, the first time I left the left New Zealand, I, my, my, the travel agent booked me a flight through Hong Kong. And he was like, oh, and Hong Kong's awesome. you got to stay there for, like, five days. And I was like, oh, okay. So by myself, only place I'd been to is Aussie go to Hong Kong five days by myself How on the way that? to Colorado. It was epic. Yeah. But, you know, like, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So snowboarding took you too. Yeah. Would Hong Kong be the weirdest non-snow place that snowboarding took you? Or? Nah, actually, Hong Kong was relatively normal. It was really a cool spot. I'd recommend Hong Kong. It's an awesome city. Um, I mean, you know, like, you'd, there used to be ways to go to L.A., um, Air Tahiti, used to have quite cheap flights and so you'd fly New Zealand to Tahiti was it Tahiti yeah Tahiti and you'd get out and you're expecting winter and you get out and and it's like the airport is is not enclosed and they're giving you flowers and it's humid as anything it's hot and you like got to wait there for three hours before you get on your plane to go to LA and and you're in your winter shit yeah and and then you get to LA I mean or or, or Colorado wherever you're going and it's like minus 20 yeah (laughs) you know just yeah, it's yeah. funny. Recommend it. <laughs> Get out and see it once uh, once the world sorts itself out a little bit. Yeah. And you've got any advice for aspiring shredders? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it probably applies to anything in life, but I, f- I found looking back, when I did the best I've ever done, it's because I'd, I'd set goals. And you don't have to be like write them on the wall and look at them every day and say them out loud but I I remember any time I ever said anything to myself or like said it out loud you know like say one season I said you know I want to I want to get in every final I go to and um that season I did Mm. or you know I want to qualify for this I mean to be fair that that season that I got in every final I ever went in I got fifth in every comp that I did so you have to be a little bit more specific if you if you really want to get something more because yeah like I didn't I should have said I want to win five get second twice and third six times you know like I literally got fifth every comp I mean getting into the finals every comp you go to is epic 
Yeah, right? I mean, that's a pretty big achievement. Yeah, right? but no one remembers if you get fifth. Yeah. You don't get any money if you get fifth. Yeah. Like, it's a kick in the guts. But, I mean, it's still, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. You could do a poll on if you should be stoked on if you got fifth at every comp you went into. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> but, yeah, setting goals is, I mean, even if it's just tricks. Like, oh, yeah. I want to learn front blunt same ways on a rail mm. so is there some tricks that you had that you were pretty proud of like still now that you're like fuck like, so I'm either you can't believe you did that or you're stoked you did that or? oh yeah but I mean it's all relative like who you with if it's the first time if it's the tenth time I mean Australia on a jump feels awesome sometimes yeah you know like it's not that trick's awesome I'm known for that it's more like I did that that day when I was feeling this awesome with these crew pumping me up. Like, you know, like the way I used to ride with my friends, especially like Kyle and even my friend Eric and Dylan in the States, like you'd do your run, you'd stop, you'd look back, watch your friends go. Mm. Or they'd watch you get to catch up to you. That was sick, you know? Like Mm. it doesn't matter what you're doing sometimes. It's just, you know, Mm. your your energy, what you're putting out. I used to love doing crails, you know, like Mm. just in the air grabbing your board just crazy stuff it's fun yeah i miss snowboarding i don't get to do it like that anymore <laughs> so you, you don't nip over the real pay too much these days i or? do i do because we live not far from there um so i still get to go but you know life's a bit different with a couple of grommies and we're in a we're in a restaurant and um yeah like that freedom mm. of being able to just grab your keys in your phone and your gear and leave the house in 10 minutes it's, it's, it's a rarity nowadays yeah, sort of more planned missions now <laughs> yeah but you know like we my mum still lives in Alcuni, so we um yeah we still have a big connection to Rupehu and it's a an e- epic mountain like yeah. I mean every time I go back there I'm like oh my god this is like a skate park on snow right and so you guys own a restaurant now yeah um, yeah in um little town called Ohakura just out of New Plymouth oh. right on the beach Oh, nice. um, Matt, my husband, he's a chef, and um, yeah, it's this, it's it's awesome. Like living after snowboarding, life after snowboarding. I mean, obviously, you can't stay in your sport forever. Um, mm. And where it takes you, where you go afterwards, we love living in the North Island. We miss the South Island for sure, but um, so I got to say, I was surprised when you guys just upped and left Wanaka. Well, um, Matt, my partner, he he um, surfs, so mm. he's always been a great support for me in my career, even to the point where he's American, but um, he used to live in New Zealand while I'd be in America <laughs> doing seasons, so yeah. we'd spend like months apart and, you know, often do long distance and, you know, only ever been supportive with that. As I said, he, you know was at the bottom of the Corrales X Games, my only one supporter with a Kiwi painted sign. Go, Shelley. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he said, once we're done with the snow, we're going to go to the surf. And oh, so, yeah. He's a pretty keen surfer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, I mean, sweet. he did pretty good staying down here for as long as he did. Like, he'd do day missions to Dunedin and back, so it was, like, yeah. seven hours in the car. But, yeah, but we love where we live, and we still got the mountains, we got the ocean. Yeah. Um, and we still get to come back here and, and see all our friends, so it's cool. Uh, well, that's my notes kind of done. Is there any uh, thank yous and shout-outs? And wow, we went like through to? that quick. We did. You're easy to chat to, Tone. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. What's the running theme that you get with these podcasts? Like, just what putting a putting a stick onto your board, onto your feet, and riding down some snow can mm. do for your soul and where it can take you. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, everyone's got the common theme of snowboarding in these interviews, but how they got into it and where it's taken them is way different. Yeah. But, um, it's cool. It's cool you're doing it and um, just putting down together people's stories in this industry. It's it's I cool. Just can't afford to lose them. Yeah. Mm. Get ready to look at it. Mm. Um, do you have any thank yous and shout outs? And... Oh, man. Well, thank you. All my sponsors, like, you know, they, they really sometimes took a punt, you know, on mm. me and it, it helped me get to where I went with my career. Um, you know, like Burden was so great to be a part of that family. Yeah. So that was cool. Ruapehu, Snowpark, Kadrona. Well, I've ridden for a lot of mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kadrona was an awesome mountain to ride for, and um, just to see where they've they've come in the snow in the snow industry, it's awesome. Um, mm. And my my sister, like without her, Rachel, she you know I probably wouldn't have got into snowboarding. Mm. Um, she'd be my number one supporter, so I'd like to thank her. Um, and Matt for putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, as I said, he's a he's an ocean baby, and, and I made him live in mine, oh, some terribly cold places and in the store. I mean, he can shred too, and I met him in Colorado, but yes, mm. he, he didn't intend to do seasons in the mountains his whole life. So, yeah. Yeah, my mum and dad, they were, it was awesome. They weren't ones that said to me right out of high school you need to go to university and get a degree you know like they really didn't funnel me into any other way mm. of living and they supported me if I wanted to go over the states I'm like yeah go go be a snowboarder mm. um yeah it's cool I mean would I have done it without sponsors in your family probably still but mm. um all those things help it make it a little bit easier like yeah. when your town puts on a fundraiser and gives you the leg up that you need to make it as a as your job so that's cool sweet and the family's still in Awakuni yeah yeah my mom and nana live there um so it's cool going back there it doesn't change that place it's epic they've got um midweek seasons passes for quite cheap so Mm. um being hospo obviously we we don't work we we have our weekends in midweek so it Mm. really works for us so we we chuck the kids in the car and, and nip over. Oh, sweet. Leave, them, leave the kids with the, ma- and gr- the grandma and go up and do some runs. It's awesome. Oh, and um, do we want to plug the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Black Sands Pizzeria Black, and Bistro. Black Sands Pizzeria and Bistro. Yeah, so. in Hokura, New Plymouth. It's it's uh, only one of three certified Neapolitana pizza restaurants in right. New Zealand. Um, I think there's only 800 in the world. Like the guys from Napoli came over and certified the Whoa. the way we um, make a pizza. Yeah. Um, Martin, he's he's the master at the pizza. Um, yeah, it's a passion of his. And m- my husband Matt, he's a he's a really talented chef. Like I can I can blow him up because he he's mm. he's amazing. Well, if anyone remembers Bert Rito's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean Kika, he started mm. at Kika when that opened and. 
you know, he's he's been trained in the States mm. and worked in awesome places all around the world. Shit, I'm sure I've seen that Burt Rego's caravan not too long ago. It might be on social media or something. Yeah, so um, the girls that brought it live in the Hawke's Bay. Oh, right. And they um, do it in the markets up there. And we went on a little holiday, and our we brought a caravan, and we took the kids for a holiday, and we went there and, and met up with them, saw that, took a photo, and, <laughs> hey, you remember us? Mm, I miss Bert Ritos down here. Well, like, dude, you, know. <laughs> you know, Matt's cooking. Mm. If you need your fix, just come see us. He's got an awesome bistro menu on there. And, you know, the corn, do you remember the corn? Like the yeah. corn on the cob? Yeah. Yeah, so we do that in the summertime. Oh, sick. Yeah. I might have to go out to the North Island for a bit in summertime. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't ridden the mountain in um, Mount Tamnaki yet. Um, I want to go, but I've either been pregnant or having small children, and it's not a mountain where really you take lightly. You've got to walk around 30 minutes to get from the car park to get to the base. Oh, right. Yeah, but once you're there, it's like there's a I think there's a T-bar, a rope toe, and then, then in a very steep T-bar. Um, out. I'm gonna do it. I want to do it. I've ridden to Kino, and that's epic. Clubfield. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did a shoot over there once. And um, oh, backside three over the rocks. Yes. Is that you? Yes. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I just I remember that shot was sick. Like rock solid back three. Yeah, and, Kyle uh, probably told me to do that too. <laughs> he would have been like, I've and got this cause, idea. Because you had the Grommies, and I remember there was a story about you getting snow down your pants in mm. front of the Grommies. And, yep, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They didn't make the jackets long enough. <laughs> 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 you got a good memory. I know, it's my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good times. Oh, sweet. Um, well, if that's notes done... We're all done. We might roll into our enders then. Cool. All right. Um, stock enders. Shelley, favorite writer. Oh, can you just say every friend you've ever had an epic run with? No. I mean, I never really looked at like international writers and watched videos of them and and want just like fanned out on them. Um, I really just kind of thought people I rode with were epic. Um, even like Will J, he's a staple. Um, yeah, Kelly, anyone that influenced me at the time, they were my favourite writers. Mm. Favourite mountain? Ooh, this is really hard because I, I want to say Rupehu because it is actually an epic mountain. I guess it's where it's all started. started for, too, yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, but then, like, I've got such fond memories of, of, of Cadrona Snow mm. Park. But, um,. I'd have to say them all first equal. So, <laughs> <laughs> favourite board? Oh, that'd be my feel good, bird and feel good 152. That's my stock standard. Sweet, so that was your comp comp board set up and yep. whatnot? Yeah, Lexa Findings. That was me. Oh, they sweet. tried to get me on different ones. I was like, I can't do it. Tay's like, try this board. I was like, no. Nah. Well, is that just a feel-good list? Just, I mean, when you just know something, you know yeah. something, right? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Really, is a nice board to ride. A favourite video part? <sighs> is there a favourite video or just a favourite video you can part? Go, you can go both. Uh, you know, like, all those, like, After Lame, Lame, all those robot food films, they actually remind me of such an awesome time in my snowboarding life. Mm. Like, it was just 
all about fun, having fun with your friends. So I would, I would say those kind of movies. Like, what was mm. that? What was that movie? Bike. Bike car. Bike car. Yeah, shit. You know, just and they just made silly shit and yeah, you just having fun because you've got your snowboarding mates who are crazy and fun. Like those robot food movies, they sort of made mini shred more legit like oh cool I don't have to go fucking giant off everything yeah yeah and I don't have to have like dollar bills falling on me in my section and you know it wasn't always just like um, this person's section and you had like a two minute Mm. section of just their stuff it was like this guy this guy this guy this guy all up the hill that day doing fun shit and then uh, that's how I rode you know Mm. yeah Yeah. I'd say those ones I think those ones had a lot of a lot of people had that sort of feeling with those ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Favourite gig? Oh, favourite gig. Um, what would that be? Maybe when I went to Jazz Festival in New Orleans with Matt um, and Simon and Garfunkel were the headliners. That was probably pretty cool. Oh, that would have been unreal. New Orleans as well. Oh, like, yeah. So it's Ma- the home of a lot of cool shit. yeah. Matt doesn't live very far away from New Orleans, so... All right. Yeah. Favourite city? Oh, you know, um, it's got to be a European city. Maybe, like, um, like, maybe Switzerland, um, oh, where would it be? Norway. What's the capital of Norway? Oslo. Yeah, Oslo. Oslo. (laughs) Yeah. I really enjoyed it that city maybe because when you're in your mountain small ski towns um, you don't get that city life and then we went to a comp there and we stayed in the city we used to catch the tram or the yeah there was the tram or the train um, with our snowboards to this like bus that would take us up the mountain or we were right in the city and the right cities have this just vibrance that can't you just can't get in other places eh? yeah and europe's got it right like yeah. we'd spend time in the states and we'd fly to europe and it, like the food was good like it actually tasted like food you just get like this whole euphoria when you're in this new spot yeah so uh, yeah favorite trick trick mm. Ooh. back five favorite board graphic um, one of my first boards I had back in like the day, maybe I bought this board brand new rather than like some secondhand one that my sister's friends handed down to me was, um, it was a burden Nicola Toss 148, I think. Um, that was cool. I remember it and that was many years ago. So the fact that I remember that, it must be memorable. And, uh, who has the best method? Girl or guy? Let's go both. Oh. Christy's got a good method. Mm. Girl. Um, guy. Oh, and everyone will say to you, but let's go. Doesn't um, Nick Hine have a good switch method? He's probably got a good switch everything. Yeah, let's say Nick Hine. He was like a fucking trick master, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. And final bonus question. Ooh. What's the key to a good method? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> don't think about it too much because <laughs> if you do you'll muck it up yeah sweet you should ask um what's the girl that did the method 
over the finish line. The, um, oh, uh, Lindsay Jacob Ellis. Lindsay Jelly Jacob Ellis. Oh, oh, man. Email her and ask her the key to a good music. <laughs> I'll send her a message on Instagram. Hi, I've got a question for you. <laughs> yeah, it's epic she did that. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Shelley, and hopefully you get some writing time tomorrow. Yeah, me too. It'll be good to go up there. Old stopping ground. Thanks, oh. time. <laughs>